Chapter Nine of Edmund Dulek's Fairy Tale Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Edmund Dulek's Fairy Tale Book by Edmund Dulek. The Blue Bird. There was once upon a time a king who was tremendously rich both in money and lands. His wife, the queen, died and left him inconsolable. He shut himself up for eight days in a little room and banged his head against the wall so much that it was believed he would kill himself, so grieved was he at his loss. All his subjects resolved between themselves to go and see him, and they did. Some said that he could show his grief in a less painful manner. Others made speeches grave and serious, but not one of them made any impression on the widowed king. Eventually there was presented to him a woman dressed in the deepest mourning and she cried and moaned so long and so loud that she caused no little surprise. She said to the king that she did not like the others coming to ask him to stay his crying, for nothing was more than just than that he should cry over the loss of a good wife, and that as for her, who once had the very best of husbands, and had lost him, she would cry for him as long as she had eyes in her head to cry with, and immediately she let out and redoubled her sobs, and the king, following her example, did the same. Each one recounted to the other the good qualities of their dear dead ones, so much so that at last there was nothing more could be found to say about their losses and their great sorrow. In the end the widow lifted her deep veil, and the poor afflicted king gazed at the afflicted one, who kept turning and turning her great blue eyes with long black lashes. The king watched her with deep attention, and little by little he talked less of his lost queen, until at last he forgot to talk of her at all. The widow then said, that forever she would cry and mourn for her husband, but the king begged her not to go to that limit and immortalize her sorrow. In the end he astonished her by saying that he would marry her, and that the black would be changed into green and pink, the color of roses. It suffices to say that the king did as the stories tell did all that was possible and all that she wished. Now the king had but one daughter of his first marriage, and she was considered one of the eight wonders of the world. Her name was Florine, because she resembled a beautiful flower. She was fresh, young, and lovely. She was always dressed in the most beautiful, transparent clothes, and, with garlands of flowers in her hair, which made a beautiful effect. She was only fifteen years old when the king married again. The new queen also had, by her first husband, a daughter, who had been brought up by her godmother, the fairy Soso. 
but she was neither beautiful nor gracious. The girl's name was Chuiton, because her face was so like the face of a trout, and her hair was so full of grease that it was impossible to touch it, and her skin simply ran with oil. But the queen did not love her any less. All she could do was to talk of the charming Chuiton and how Florine had all sorts of advantages over her, and the queen became desperate and sought every possible way to make the king see faults in Florine. One day the king said to the queen that Florine and Truiton were big enough to marry now, and that the first prince who came to the court should have one of the two princesses in marriage. I maintain, said the queen, that my daughter shall be the one to get the trousseau. She is the elder and she is a million times more amiable, and those are the points that matter after all. The king, who hated disputes, said that it was well, and that she was her own mistress. Some time afterwards news came that Prince Charming had arrived. Never did a prince display such gallantry and magnificence. His manner and looks were in keeping with the name he bore. When the queen heard of this handsome prince, she employed all the dressmakers and tailors to dress Tuiton, and make her presentable, and she begged the king that Florine should have nothing at all new. Her one thought was to have all the beautiful clothes ready before the arrival of Prince Charming at court. When he came, the queen received him in all pomp and splendor, and presented to him her daughter more brilliant than the sun, and more ugly than she was usually, because all the jewels she had on. Prince Charming turned away his eyes. The queen cried to persuade him that the princess pleased him very much, but he demanded to know if there was not another princess called Florine. Yes, said Truiton, pointing with her finger. See, there she is, hidden away, because she is not good. Florine reddened, and looked so beautiful, so beautiful, that Prince Charming forgot himself. He bowed the knee and made a low curtsy to the princess. "'Madame,' said he, "'your incomparable beauty is too much, but for you I should have sought help in a strange land.' "'Seigneur,' replied the princess, "'I am sorry that I am not dressed in a proper manner, but I have only my old clothes, yet I thank you for asking to see me. It would be impossible, said Prince Charming, that any one, once seeing you, could have eyes for anything else than so beautiful a princess. Ah, said the queen, irritated, I do well wasting my time listening to you. Believe me, Seigneur, Florine is also a coquette. She does not deserve that you should be so gallant to her. Prince Charming understood the motives of the queen in speaking of Florine in this way. He was not in a position to prove the truth, but he let it be seen that all his admiration was for Florine. The queen and Truton were very upset to see that he had preferred Princess Florine. So when Princess Florine left the company of Prince Charming, the queen with impatience waited for her to return to her room. 
there were hidden four men with masks over their faces and they had orders to take the princess florine away on a journey to await the pleasure of prince charming so that she would please him better and would make him a better spouse the queen then went to the prince and told him that the princess was a coquette and had a bad temper that she tormented the servants and did not know how to behave herself that she was avaricious and preferred to be dressed like a little shepherdess rather than like a princess to all this prince charming listened but said he it would be impossible for so beautiful and amiable a girl to be all that you say how could that be true of one with such modest grace and beauty even though she be dressed in a humble little frock that is not a thing that touches me very much it pains me far more to know that the queen hurts her feelings and you are not a stepmother for nothing and really madame the princess tuaton is so ugly that it would be hard to find anything uglier amongst god's creatures the courtiers too do not look at all pleased to hear you speak badly of florine the queen spent half of the night questioning him for she could not believe that he loved florine and the poor princess florine was terrified because the four men with masks had taken her far away i do not doubt that it is for the queen's advantage that i am taken away said she and she cried so much that even her enemies were touched the queen in the meantime gave prince charming all the jewels he could wish for and lavished her attention on him the king presented him with a little book with gold covers and studded with diamonds and inside it he told him was a photograph of his future wife what said prince charming the beautiful princess florine ah she thinks of me and in a most generous manner seigneur said the king you mistake we take the part of the amiable truton i am cross seigneur that you do not accept this great honor but at the same time a king is merely a king he is not master enough to make the engagements that he would like the prince at last asked for princess florine seigneur said the queen her father desired that she should go away until my daughter is married and for what reason said the prince should this beautiful girl be made a prisoner i ignore all that said the queen so the prince left the queen's company because it was not congenial to him when he entered his own room he said to a young prince who had accompanied him and whom he loved very much that he would give all the world to be able to speak to one of the women of the beautiful princess for a moment his young friend found one at once whom it would be possible to question with confidence she told him that the same evening florine would be at a little window that looked out on the garden and that he could then speak to her but that he must take every precaution lest the queen and king should overhear the prince was delighted and made ready to see the princess 
but the wicked maid went at once and told the queen all that had passed it was then arranged that truton should take her place and so with a great precautions truton placed herself at the little window the night was very dark so much so that it was impossible for prince charming to suspect the change passed upon him he expressed himself exactly the same to truton as he had to florine and plainly showed his love for her truton profiting from her mother's instructions said that she was the most unhappy person in the world to have such a wicked and cruel stepmother and that she would have to suffer until her stepsister was married the prince assured her that he would marry her if she would have him and that he would give her his heart and his crown and he removed a ring from his finger and put it on the finger of truton as a token of his faith and told her that she would only have to wait an hour when a carriage would come to take her away truton begged him to go to the queen and ask her to give her her liberty and assured him that if he would come back to-morrow at the same hour she would be ready the queen was very happy at the success of her scheme the prince took a carriage drawn by three great frogs with great big wings which made the carriage simply fly truton came out mysteriously by a little door and the prince who was awaiting her appearance at once put his arms around her and swore eternal faith but as he was not in any humor to take a long journey in the flying carriage without marrying the princess whom he loved he demanded of her where they could go she told him that she had a fairy godmother named soiso who was a very celebrated person and they would have to go to her castle then the prince not knowing the road begged of the frogs with the flying wings to put them on the right way and they did so for mind you frogs know all the roots of the universe and so in no time they found themselves at the castle of the fairy sorso then triotan told the godmother that she had trapped prince charming and that she wanted to marry him the godmother was not so sure that it could be done for said she he loves princess florine at all events she went to the room where the prince was and said to him prince charming here is the princess touton whom you have given your faith she is my godchild and i wish that you marry her at once me cried he you want me to marry that little monster you must think i am very easily pleased when you put forward such a proposition to me she knows full well that i have never promised her anything and if she says otherwise she is don't deny said the fairy and do not be bold and forget the respect that you owe me i respect you replied the prince as much as it is possible to respect a fairy come now will you deliver me my princess is it that you do not know me said trison and she 
showed him his ring, adding, And to whom did you give this ring at the little window as a pledge of your faith, if it was not me? Come now, do not pretend that you have forgotten. No, no, I am not going to be duped and deceived, said the prince. Come, come, my great frogs, I want to depart at once. You cannot depart without my consent, said the fairy, and she immediately touched his feet, and they became glued to the floor. I will not, said the prince, have any other than my princess Florine. On that I am resolved, and all you say and do will not change me one little bit. Sassuolo became sweet and used every art in her power to induce the prince to marry Tritone. Tritone cried, raved, and begged, but the prince would not say one single word to her. He only looked at her with indignant eyes and replied not a word to all her overtures. He passed twenty days and twenty nights like this. At last the fairy was so tired of it all that she said to the prince, Very well, you are obstinate, and will not listen to reason, and will not keep your word and marry my godchild. The prince, who had not spoken a word, at last replied, Do to me what you will, but deliver me from the dullness of this place. Dullness, cried Truiton, bother you. You have done me a great injury in coming here to my country and giving me your word than breaking it. Listen to the touching words, said the prince in sarcasm. See what I have lost in refusing to take so beautiful a woman for my wife. No, no, replied Sasio. She shall never be that, and for your insult to her you shall fly through this window and remain a bluebird for seven years. Do you hear me? A bluebird for seven years. Immediately the prince began to change, and his arms became covered with feathers, and he became a bluebird. His eyes became bright, and on his head a great white plume arose like a crown and he flew away through the window. In his sad mood he flew from branch to branch, warbling his song of sorrow and his love for Florine, and deploring the awful wickedness of their enemies. He thought that he was doomed for seven years, and that Florine would be married to another. When Truton returned to the queen, and told her all that had happened, she flew into a terrible temper. She resolved to punish the poor Florine for having engaged the love of Prince Charming. So she dressed the Princess Truton in all her grandeur, and on her finger was the ring given her by the prince. And when Florine saw this, she knew that the ring belonged to her prince. The queen then announced to all that her daughter was engaged to Prince Charming, and that he loved her to distraction. Florine did not doubt the truth of it at all. When she realized that she would never marry her Prince Charming, she cried all the night, and sat at the little window nursing her regrets. And when the day arrived for the marriage, she shut the window and continued to cry. 
during this time the bluebird or prince charming did not cease to fly round the castle the princess sat at the window and every night entreated that she might be delivered o oh, wicked queen she cried to keep me shut up like this because of prince charming the bluebird heard this and did not lose a word but waited to see who the lady was who had such a sorry plaint but she shut the window and retired the bluebird curious to see and to hear some more came again the following night and again there was a maiden at the window who was full of regrets fortune said she you have taken from me the love of my father i have received a blow at a tender age and it is so much pain that i am tired of living i demand with all my heart that my fatal destiny may end the bluebird listened and then he knew that it was his princess and he said florine a king who loves you will never love any one but you a king who loves me said she is this another snare of my enemies no my princess and florine was very much afraid of this bird who spoke with as much spirit as a man but the beauty of his plumage reassured her would it be possible to see you my princess said he could i taste a happiness so great without dying of joy but alas this great joy would be troubled by your captivity and the wicked fairy saucio has done this for seven years and who are you charming bird said the princess caressingly you have said my name rightly and yet you fail to recognize me replied the prince what the greatest king in the world the prince charming cried the princess is he the little bird i see alas dear florine it is too true and if one thing consoles me it is that i prefer this sorrow rather than renounce the love i have for you for me and so this went on the bluebird paid visits to florine every night and they were as happy as it was possible to be one evening prince charming flew away to his palace and brought back lovely diamond bracelets beautiful pearl necklaces and a sweet little pearl watch and gave them all to florine the queen could not understand how it was that florine had such lovely jewels and why she looked so happy so she questioned her about it florine who knew that it if she said the bluebird had given them to her they would not believe her and would try to drive him away said she did not know the queen said the evil one must have brought her soul and decided to watch she did so and discovered that the bluebird came every night then truton and her mother sought the help of the wicked fairy saucio and she to please her godchild worked another spell on the poor bluebird so that he could not come any more to see his florine one day his friend the good fairy was passing by 
a certain spot where he was a prisoner in a tree and she saw a trail of blood and heard a very weak voice calling her but nowhere could she find the blue bird but she knew it was his blood then after a long time she found him in his tiny nest dying this was the good fairy who had given him the flying frog carriage so again she resolved to help him if she could away she went to see the fairy saucio and asked her to release the spell on prince charming saucio agreed to do so if he would marry truton then the good fairy conducted prince charming back to his castle where on his arrival the ugly truton was awaiting his return dressed in lovely clothes and more ugly than ever now the old king died and the people who hated the queen and her ugly daughter said that they would have no other queen but florine and they went to her in a little room and begged her for their sake to be their queen but she said she had not the heart for anything because she had lost her lover prince charming they asked her again to become their queen and then to go out and look for him and they were sure she would find him so she became their queen and then dressed herself as a poor peasant and went out into strange lands and travelled in many strange places thinking to find her beloved prince but it was all of no avail one day she stopped out of sheer fatigue to rest by a fountain and while she was there the good fairy disguised came by and asked her what she was crying for florine told her all about the prince whom she loved and was seeking then the good fairy told her that prince charming was at his own castle and that the spell had been removed and she gave florine four little eggs and said that whenever she was in trouble she was to throw one of them down and at the same time asked what she wanted and it would be granted with these words she disappeared florine turned her face towards the castle of the prince and after many trials and sufferings she found herself at the feet of her ugly sister truine florine disguised as a poor peasant was not recognized so she offered her lovely jewels for sale and truton who loved jewelry resolved to buy them but florine would not sell for money all she asked was to spend a night in the castle Truton was only too glad to get them at such a price, and agreed. Feeling that the poor peasant girl was giving her something for nothing, and imagining that she did not really know the value of the jewels, Truton allowed her sister every liberty in the palace. She could go where she would, unquestioned, and do what she pleased. Florine took every advantage of this and mixing freely among the attendants she soon learned many things about prince charming among other pieces of news was this important item the prince being unable to sleep was in the habit of taking a sleeping draught every night on hearing this she sought the prince's head valet 
and made herself so charming to him that he lost his head altogether and was more than willing to fulfill her lightest wish tell me said she at last why does the prince take sleeping draughts ah replied he looking very wise it is because the princess is so ugly because she is so ugly i i don't understand what from the very first the prince's waking hours have been one long frightful dream and he can only banish it by night by taking the sleeping draught the prince is deeply in love with the princess's sister but no one but myself knows that every night when he sinks to sleep under the draught he smiles and his face looks so very happy and he whispers one name again and again florine florine the peasant girl's heart beat hard and a plan shot like lightning through her mind she would tell this man everything and he would help her she knew he would and she knew also that he would not be blind to his own advantage her mind was quickly made up the four little eggs the good fairy had given her were packed in a little box taking this from the folds of her dress she took one of them and threw it on the floor i am florine she said and i want your willing help the head valet stared at her in dismay then his face changed he bowed to her with the utmost respect and said princess i am your faithful slave command me and i will obey first then said florine do not give the prince the draught to-night and find me an apartment next to his it shall be done replied the valet and with a low bow he withdrew to make the arrangement stay cried florine as he was going i forbid you to tell the prince a word of this you understand and obey he replied bowing again and again as he left her presence walking backwards in respect to high royalty that night the prince impatient to forget the face of truton called for a sleeping draught the head valet appeared bearing a flavored mixture in a crystal goblet on a golden tray the prince drank it by its taste it was the draught but by its effect it was not no sleep came to him and the face of truton grew uglier and uglier in his mind presently he started up what sound was that it came from the next apartment the sound of a woman weeping he listened and in the stillness of the palace the sound came clearly he knew that voice it was the voice of his dear princess florine just as he used to hear it when as a bluebird he spoke with her at her window in a moment he arose and dressed himself in his royal robes while he was doing this florine in the next room took another egg from the box and throwing it upon the floor cried i wish that by storm and lightning all that is evil and ugly in this palace shall be destroyed and all that is good and beautiful left as she spoke the rising wind wailed about the palace and died away dull thunder reverberated in the distance 
the air grew stifling and the night flowers paid their perfumes out like threatened debitors another rush of wind then silence broken only by a peal of thunder nearer than before the splash of heavy drops was heard on the flagstones of the courtyard below the lightning was seen to flash through the windows and the thunder shook the castle to its foundations nearer and nearer loomed the storm growing more terrific every moment every one was up and running about in panic those with ugly souls and bodies if their consciousness were also wicked went mad in the panic and fled in a body from the palace thinking the end of the world had come but those whose consciousnesses were clear whose hearts were true those who could never be called ugly no matter what they looked like they sought the prince and gathered round him while the palace shuddered as all the storm gods poured out their wrath as the panic-stricken ones fled towards the hills florine looked out at the window and saw them a rushing group with terror in their heels there came a vivid flash of lightning and the thunder split and rolled and crashed when florine looked again she saw no fugitives they had disappeared forever then as suddenly as it had begun the storm abated the thunder rolled away into the distance and the moon came out and rode from cloud to cloud triumphant there was a knock upon the door it was the prince and behind him were gathered his own the good and true according to her wish how could she meet him in her peasant's garb a quick thought came to her she took the third egg and smashed it on the floor saying i wish that i may come face to face with my prince in all the dazzling splendor that benefits a princess instantly there was a flash as if a fairy wand had cleft the air and there stood florine the most splendidly royal figure you could imagine she was beautiful beyond words so beautiful that the wonderful jewels in her hair and on her lovely dress on her neck and arms and tiny shoes could never have got their beauty from any one but her she opened the door and stepped back with a cry of delight as she did so she placed her hand to her breast where she felt the frail little box that contained the fourth and last egg in another moment she was in the prince's arms and the pressure of that embrace crushed the box and broke the egg i wish she cried on the instant raising her lips to his i wish that you will love me for ever end of chapter nine